Welcome to The Reseller Entrepreneur, the podcast for reseller hobbyists eager to turn reselling into a successful business. Learn from Mike and other reseller entrepreneurs as they share their experiences and tips on learning an online business. Here's your host, Mike Clapperton from Sparkler, converting customers into fanatics. Welcome back to the episode here. So a few things have been happening and sorry for the uh, delay in the podcast. Uh, so one of the things that you may not know is I live in Naples, Florida. Naples, Florida was the epicenter, well, close to the epicenter of Hurricane Ian. And so, of course, I uh, delayed uh, broadcasting last week kind of in preparation for the hurricane. I knew it was going to be heavy, um, but I thought it was going to be going into Tampa. Ended up being coming here. And so I had to make sure all my inventory and all the other things in my house were out of harm's way, and they are, so we're good. I'm above sea level quite a bit, and so the house is fine too, but not so much the rest of Naples. Anyway, um, today's episode is going to be um, about something I think is very, very close to a lot of people's hearts in the reselling business, and that is naysayers. Now, naysayers are people who are, who are – very negative on what you're doing, largely because they don't understand it. But um, but they say, and this can be in really any business. It's not just it's not just reselling, but it's basically speaking negatively about what you're doing. Really, um, ultimately, because they themselves are unhappy in what they're doing, and so they try to bring people down. So those are called naysayers, and so I want to give you some really good tips on how to to uh, deal with them because they're going to keep on coming at you even when you're making a lot of money unless you wear your money on your sleeve um, people are going to look at what you do is not a real business and so you need to learn how to deal with them a really good example is when i was moving my business out of my home into my office um, which we've talked about before and um, the mover was looking at what I was selling and he was going, this is a real business. How much money can you really make at this? And so I started going through some of the numbers with him largely because I know him and, uh, he was quite surprised and, um, you know, he is also a small business owner himself. And so of course he understands the, the naysayer issue and yet he still had something to say. That being said, um, he, when I gave him some of the numbers, he quickly turned his tune. So we're going to, I'm going to talk about the seven ways to deal with naysayers. Now it's written by a guy named John Gordon. So you can go Google that. Um, so the first one, and I think really the biggest one, um, is just to ignore them. Simply ignore what they're saying. You just tune them out. You know, of course you want to receive feedback and you want that feedback to be constructive, but a lot of times it's not. And so you just need to ignore what they're saying, because at the end of the day, you know what you're what your real effort and your real numbers are, and they don't. I know this is always the hardest, actually, because what happens is you want to kind of say, hey, well, no, this is this is how well I'm doing, and and you know, you should understand what that is. But the fact of the matter is, is most people aren't equipped to understand uh, entrepreneurship, let alone reselling. The next thing is is that you maybe you hear hear what they're saying and know that their words have no impact on you. Now, I, I know that might be really rough when you're talking to a family member who doesn't understand, but most people 
you got to understand most people are coming from a place of fear in their head. So um, what they see and then say to you is completely out of the space that they are afraid to make that leap themselves, right? So they look at your success as their failure. So like the first one where it says ignore them, hear them, and then ignore them because they have no power over you. The third one is remember Gandhi's advice. I will not let anybody walk through my mind with their dirty feet. Now, again, their dirty feet in this case is the fact that they're fearful or resentful of the fact that you're being successful at something that they could easily do, but don't have the courage to do. This can also be, um, you know, things on social media. So a lot of times you're not hearing people because they're not saying it directly to you, but they're going to be saying it in all sorts of, of social media, not necessarily against you, but against reselling itself. Right? So there's a lot of people out there that are criticizing um, YouTubers who say, well, you know, the easiest thing to do here is to sell books on Amazon or do something with this on Amazon or that on Amazon or this on eBay. And the reality is, is that you're going to see those uh, posts on social media uh, and you're going to see the naysayers coming out uh, as feedback on, let's say, YouTube. And the key is just don't read it because the reality is, is that they don't know your situation, just like you don't know the situation of the person actually posting. So it's best just to ignore them, just like everything else, right? Don't even read them because it's really not applicable to you. You got to remind yourself that history doesn't uh, really remember the critic. They really remember the people that made inroads and who withstood the criticism that other people put on you. The fact of the matter is, is that your bank account is the only thing that's important. Can you support your family? Can you support your lifestyle in the amount you make on, um, on the platforms? And there are a lot of people doing it. A lot of people with less experience and frankly, maybe even less intelligence making good livings, reselling. People will remember them. People will not remember Joe Schmo who actually says, oh, this is BS as a comment on their YouTube channel. Your faith in yourself and your belief must be greater than all the negativity and doubt that people are putting on you. You have to accept that the fact that there's going to be criticism, but you have to have greater expectations on yourself that you will con- you can over- overcome it. Right? There's a lot of examples of people with far less talent that are making it. And I think the real key is to decide to work harder and get better constantly. That's either through education. Uh, that's through watch I mean, education, watching YouTube videos, and listening to podcasts and reading about the subject, learning more about your craft, uh, what, what items you're going to sell, learning more about those items so that, uh, that you really become an expert in it. And that's why the, I'm not a fan of the jack of all trades. Now, that being said, I don't want to be a naysayer either. If, if jack of all trades is working for you, continue to do it because it does work for some. But the key is that you're becoming the best you can be, right? So, Learning about everything in your space is going to make you much better at what you do and make you much more profitable. So at the end of the day, basically, 
forget the naysayer. The naysayer are losers. So the one thing I think that differentiates people in reselling is nurturing and keeping existing customers. So I took some notes on that as well. So in addition to naysayers, let's prove them wrong by growing our business and way the best way to grow your business is to nurture and keep your existing customers. The first way to do that is to give them maximum value for your the for what you sell. Now this is going to vary based on what you sell, but for instance in my space I sell vintage photographs and postcards and so on. And what would you expect uh for that to be as far as giving them maximum value for your product? Well, history, right? So I give them history about what the what the uh, product is. If it's a photograph, I give a little bit of background about the photograph. Not just the standard, you know, it was made in the, approximately this year and where it's located and stuff like that. But, you know, I give some item specifics around there. So I think there's no question and I have very low return rate because of it. And I think that's really what you need to do. Uh, the next one is to keep in touch with them and then, you know, give them useful information throughout the year. So I have people who are on my mailing list that I send out um, things about my products, not necessarily this a specific product, but the category of products. And I check in consistently with them uh, on a regular basis. So I get a lot of repeat customers and you should be doing that yourself. So that's putting them on a drip campaign of some sort. And now I'm, I realize that it's not very easy to get um, their contact information. And the way I do that, and I've said this before, but I'll say it again, is that I send them either a thank you note or some kind of card saying, if you want to be on my mailing list and get special deals, that this is the way to do it. And I think that you should be doing that, right? You don't have to do it for everybody. I mean, I would say, you know, I don't do it for any of my clothing customers largely because I don't really want clothing anymore. And I kind of slowly but surely bleeding those out. Customers are not customers unless you can get them to interact with you. Otherwise, they're just transactions, right? So you want to get them out of the transaction mode and into the customer mode. And in doing that through contact in some way, be it a thank you note, a mailing list or what have you is the way to do it, especially in the reselling business. You have to. And I realize that that's difficult with eBay, but you got to figure out how to do that. Now, one of the things I'm going to toy with, and I haven't done this yet, is that I'm going to start inviting them to webinars. Now, I know that sounds really strange. Like, how would, how can you do that? Well, obviously, if you're interacting with them and you get on your mailing list, they're going to be fans of what you're selling, right? So especially if they're repeat customers, if they if they take the time just to go out and sign up for a mailing list from an eBay seller or a Poshmark seller, what have you, um, they um, are trying to interact. I see that here with you even. I get requests to interact quite often from listeners, and I do that through my website, right? And that's just inviting people to know more. So, you know, at some point, I'll probably have a large virtual party or maybe even a physical party for my listeners. The same thing can be done, uh, believe it or not, virtually though, obviously, uh, for people who are interested in photographs or postcards or fashion or, or, um, sneakers or baseball cards or the, you, 
basically having a virtual event and you could provide discounts to people who attend. They could, you know, uh, whatever, uh, a 20% discount if they show up to your webinar or your event regarding sports cards. Now, that's completely out-of-the-box thinking for resellers. And to be fair, I have not tried it. And I think you really aren't going to be successful at it uh, unless you have a very large list of people. And so if, you're, if your list is less than 100 people, you'd have to offer a pretty massive incentive for them to show up at this, uh, at this event uh, for them to attend. If you have thousands on your list, it's much easier. Because the last thing you want to do is have, send out a, an email to 50 people. One person shows up, and it really is just you and that person on the phone call or Zoom call or whatever. I mean, that just looks bad. But if you have thousands and thousands of people on your list and, and you can get there through various methods, 1% of that number you know, is 20, 30 people, right? That's okay. So how do you build that list? One is the thank you cards, like I said. Another is having a website with a responding uh, auto response form on it, which works very well. And that, of course, is attached to your off eBay store that you run using Shopify or Wix or what have you. And uh, that does you know, a few things. One is it, it um, creates different markets for you in the sense that you not only have an off, uh, an off eBay store, you have the eBay store, you have a, an event of some sort, even if it's a sales event, right? It doesn't even have to be a live event or, or a, even a phone call. It doesn't even have to real, have real interaction. It could just be a, a sales event. But it is a constant nurturing of your existing customer base because repeat customers are cheaper and more reliable in the long run than one-offs and unfortunately the reselling world focuses a lot on one-off selling and that's good for ebay but it ain't good for you so i've said this on many 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 uh episodes you need to build your list if you're not building your list you're not going to grow exponentially you'll grow linearly and that linearly is basically more more listings equals more sales right and that's a good listen that is a great thing but the way ebay math works is that you sell a certain fairly predictable percentage of new listings and a smaller and unpredictable percentage of old listings so in the linear world, you need to add more listings to have more growth. And the only way to do more listings is to hire people to do more listings because you physically can only do so many a day. And the only way to, do, to, to increase is to replicate yourself, which is fine. But the reason for all this software to list across multiple platforms is because they're trying to get you, and I agree with this in principle, that you want to be able to exponentially grow. And the way to do that is to add markets, not just list more. And the problem with, with adding more markets has always been 
integration issues, right? So eBay doesn't uh, integrate with Poshmark or Mercari or, or Grailed or any of the others. And they only really integrate with uh, Bonanza, really. And there might be another one, too. But they only really integrate with Bonanza. And Bonanza doesn't have enough people on it to really uh, uh, sell a ton of stuff. It's great. But I think the most th- I've ever sold on Bonanza in one month was like three items. And I think two of them were from the same person. And I have a lot of listings in my account. I don't. It's not like I only have you know three thousand listings. I have twenty five thousand listings and growing. So don't get me wrong. I do think you need to list more and find a way to list more. But you also have to expand your markets and 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 in a way that you have to you have to have integration. If you have integration, then what happens is something sells on one platform, it gets taken off all the other platforms automatically, and that's the only way. Because obviously, the more listings you have, the harder it is for you to delist from eBay when you sell it on another platform. And that's a real problem. That's, that causes a ton of other problems. So you need the integration, right? If, ha- if there is integration, then you should, you should definitely sell on the platform. If there's no integration, you should not sell on that platform. And the nice thing is, if you grow your own store on Shopify and Wix, there is software that will integrate with eBay. So if it sells on eBay, it gets taken off your store on, on online. If it sells online, it gets taken off your store on eBay. Automatically, you don't need to do anything. How do you get people to go to these offline stores or these other stores, I mean? Um, you need to nurture your clients. That's it. This is not rocket science. So build your list. Endpoint. That's it. Nothing else to say. I have software that does the help do that, and we have a it's it's twenty bucks a month. It's nineteen ninety five a month or nineteen ninety seven. Excuse me, nineteen ninety seven a month for resellers, and it does just that. It creates a page um, that you could put on your Shopify or, or Wix site that will basically build your list, and then once your list is built, it takes a while. Once your list is built, then you own your business. eBay doesn't own your business. And that is the biggest thing that I think frustrates resellers because eBay changes a policy and now all of a sudden you have a 30% drop in income and that happens all the time. Now, on the upside, it happens the other way too. They cut their expenses to ship out things for certain items, and now your business all of a sudden is 30% more profitable. But that's depending on them. That's not depending on you. And that you need to understand that and control it anyway. All right, enough lecturing. I appreciate uh, you guys listening. If you want to get in touch with me, you can go to resellersparklercrm.com and you could uh, fill out a form there to get in touch with me. I'd be happy to go over to the software with you as well. But if you also want to be on the podcast or have any questions or something like that, you know, that's the best way to reach me. Thank you very much. And we'll see you real soon. Bye. This episode has ended, but your journey towards turning your reselling hobby into a business doesn't have to. Head on over to reseller.sparklercrm.com for information and tips for running a successful reselling business. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode. Until next time.